Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, our guest on the show is Mr. Eduardo Castaneda of Risk Barbell, coming to you from Wichita, Kansas. Eduardo, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, I'm good, man. I'm good. Just uh, came home to get the interview uh, and the podcast uh, done. And uh, so it's kind of nice having this little break uh, in the middle of my day. Yeah, we, we appreciate your dedication to the cause. We'll get into the business side of things here in a minute, but I'm a big believer in context first and foremost. And so I'm sure the name in itself is somewhat self-explanatory being Risk Barbell, but tell us a little bit about this gym and this business. When you describe what you do, what do you tell people? Yeah, man. Uh, so uh honestly i don't ever tell people I'm a, I'm a gym owner uh the other day i went to go pick something up at a store uh and uh he's he kind of asked me a little bit about my background because i i tend to do the the store pickup quite a bit just because i don't have a lot of time and mm-hmm. uh he asked me about where i worked and stuff and i just said oh i work at a gym you know so uh that was kind of like uh what i do but wrist barbell we are a uh, powerlifting gym here in wichita kansas uh on the west side of Wichita. Uh, we don't see a lot of gyms on that side of town. Um, as, as of the, the name, uh, it's, a, it's a great question and kind of a, a good story as well. So there's a couple reasons why I decided to name it Wrist Barbell. Uh, one, I was born with uh, one kidney. And uh, so, yeah, so whenever the doctor told me I had one kidney, um, she told me she was a specialist and, and advised me to kind of stay away from any anything that is very strenuous to my body, right? She said, it's going to be really risky. <laughs> so I'm going to go pick up as much weight as I can. Yeah, man. And so I decided, uh, you know, that's, that's fine. Uh, I, I, and I was boxing at the time and, um, stopped that. I Which just, is I, probably it, even worse. Yeah, <laughs> man. She, <laughs> so I, I actually had to quit boxing uh, due to health and, uh, I ended up gaining a ton of weight. And one thing that I remember, from that conversation with her was that it was going to be really risky if I do any anything strenuous and that kind of stuck with me throughout my entire life so when it came down to open a, the gym you know I was like I've been taking a risk on doing this and that kind of like that name just stuck with me you know and that's kind of like my personal side of, of yeah. the name uh the other one it's it's just kind of weird uh <laughs> and I like the name just because it's weird yeah. I'm kind of a weird person so it sticks uh, out on google searches I'm sure yeah that's man sure. that's yeah, it's one syllable, you know, it's like risk. And that's it. You don't get much more than it's pretty simple. It's weird. And it has yep. the word barbell at the end. So you kind of understand that it's kind of like a gym. So that's, this that's one strength focused gym. Yeah. yeah it's so like, a brand yeah. is born. Oh, right? 100%. And uh, I don't want to steal your thunder, but this is new in the, the grand scheme of the fitness industry. Tell us a little bit about when you got this off the ground yeah so i started uh february of last year uh which was fairly difficult um so i ordered my timing of this is interesting it was terrible man so i ordered all my equipment uh i ordered a lot of it new uh but i still had some used stuff in the Mm -hmm. facility but I ordered it in October or August of that year of the year prior, and it didn't get to the gym until January ish. So I went about six months with no equipment, essentially. And uh, yeah, <laughs> just an empty it, room. <laughs> it was an empty building I was paying for, you know, you get to talk to to the, the landlord, but they can only give you so much leniency before they, they, they need their money, you know. So um, I ended up the company, I ended up calling the company I ordered all this stuff from. And I was like, Hey guys, I'm trying to open up a business and I'm going to go bankrupt. I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm going to be homeless at some point if we don't get this moving, you know? Yeah, this is Um, serious. We joke about it, but at the time it was not. (laughs) Yeah. And so, uh, they, they told me I could pay extra to send part of my stuff, uh, or I can just wait. But we'll take more of your money happily. Sure. Literally, that was that was the email I got. So I ended up waiting it out. 
uh, and I just couldn't wait anymore. I probably had maybe a month's worth of rent left and that was about it money-wise. If not, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at. So I just talked to someone a little bit higher up. They were able to ship out the stuff to me and uh, that's five days. I got everything built, everything organized within five days of getting everything. And then I did my grand opening. So my grand opening wasn't even very uh, organized, I guess. It was almost chaotic, you know? Not as grand as we would have hoped. Yeah, I wanted to have maybe a soft launch with people that I knew around, you know, kind of have friends and family. But I ended up having about 12 vendors there, um, tabling. Uh, I did open door gyms. So I had people come in and lift for free, just kind of check out the space. And it honestly worked out really, really well. But it was definitely terrifying. Yeah. So some stumbles to get this thing off the ground, at least now with some time under your belt as a gym owner, zoom out on this thing a little bit, kind of with some perspective here, what's been the best part about running this business and what's been the hardest part about running this business? Uh, The best part is everyone I've met. Uh, when it comes down to clients and members, uh, love all the people in in the community. Um, I think Wichita has a great powerlifting community, um, so that's probably like the best part of it all. Um, I feel like it's it's a family, uh, and probably the worst and hardest part of it all. Um, I mean, it's just financials, honestly, man. Uh, for me personally, like without getting extremely personal. Uh, that's just that's just a reality of things when you open up a business it's it's money and money is very very hard to come by it's uh the industry is not sunshine and rainbows that's for sure I talk to a lot of people who aren't gym owners who just see some back of the napkin math if I get 200 members paying 50 bucks a piece I'm making 20 grand a month and it does not work that way things are not that simple and you found that out before you even opened with how much you invested in this it's uh, oh yeah it's a tough go in the fitness spot so i don't think you're alone in that boat but so far uh i mean you you're still here yeah you must be doing something right i'm sure we have more people today than the day that we opened yep. what's worked for you from a, a quote unquote marketing standpoint to get some people through the doors to sign up so I'll kind of talk about what I was doing prior uh, before I even opened up the gym, because I think that's really where it all started. Uh, I used to ride around in my car. I have a two-door Honda Civic, and uh, I put a bunch of gym equipment there, and I would go to people's houses and people's uh, like parks nearby, and I would do uh, sessions with them. So I think that really helped me get um, things going off the ground. Uh, because they kind of had faith in me, I guess, if I was willing to drive to their house, willing to drive to parks near their house to give them training sessions and stuff. Um, After that, I think uh, just them seeing my passion and seeing me kind of roll really helped me out with the marketing side of things. I used to go to powerlifting meets, talk to a lot of the the people competing there. Um, And actually the first meet I went to to talk to people about the gym, people were kind of saying like, do you, have you guys heard about the new gym opening up? And that was really weird for me. Um, biggest marketing was the, the whole Instagram, uh, thing. I feel like I do decent, uh, at being active on social media. Um, I'm passionate about photography and videography. So that really helped me market the gym a little bit better, uh, being proficient at both of those. Yeah. And and so background skills help. They play into this social media fitness is social media at this day and age i think no matter what our personal feelings are on it it's somewhere where we have to be we have to be active if we put ourselves in the mind of someone looking for a gym they're going to go to a handful of places and it's probably google first facebook second instagram third or some rearranged order of that and they know everything there is to know about the business before they ever set foot in it so if we are not active and participating on those platforms or leaving a lot to be desired. It sounds like you're handling a lot of that yourself. Is that correct? Yeah, I do all the, all the social media, all the email. I, I, I mean, I'm the only person at the, at the gym doing <laughs> all the work, all like pretty much yeah. everything, you know? 
And so <laughs> another tale all too common in our industry, when businesses like this open, you are, you're the gym owner, you're the head of marketing, you're the head janitor, you're the head of sales, you're the head of everything. Oh yeah. And so it can be tough to get all of these things done, but how successful has social media been for you to, to draw interest in new members? Dude, it's been, it's been huge. Uh, I, I started marketing the gym when it came down to trying to get members. I did a founder member special, which was the first 50 people to sign up, got a discounted rate for life, no matter how big the gym got, no matter if we open up other branches and stuff, it was always, um, you know, the discounted rate. And then, uh, that really helped out because a lot of people, uh, was sharing that and stuff. I was able to get, fill that up, uh, within two days of announcing that because I had so many different shares and stuff on mm -hmm. the West side of, uh, Wichita, like I mentioned earlier, we don't, we don't have a lot of gyms, especially powerlifting gyms in Wichita. Um, we probably have like two or three, uh, main ones, you know, and they're all kind of scattered ones on the other side of the, the town, one we have in the middle and one now we have on the West side. So I think that really played in my favor as well, as well. Yeah. And so, it sounds like that's something that you guys will probably lean into more even as time goes by. I want to pick your brain on the sales side of this, uh, Eduardo, because I think that that's important in this day and age. There's so many different ways to go about a sales process. But when somebody reaches out interested in joining the gym, what happens? What's that process look like for them to eventually become a member? Uh, are we talking about like in person or just if someone was to email me? Yeah. Tell wherever they come from, if it's on social media, if they reach out by phone, if they walk in the doors randomly, how does somebody actually go about signing up? Okay, cool. Uh, so in person, uh, the gym is locked 24 seven. So sometimes it can be a little awkward because um, they try to come in through the door, but it's locked. You have to have a, a pin code to come in. Um, but I usually, I'm, I work long hours. I'm usually there from like 8am to about 8pm. So about 12 hour days, Monday through Sunday. Um, and I just keep an eye out for these people. And when they try to come in, uh, I give them a tour. Um, I introduce myself. I let them know the difference, like from a lot of people, you know, that come to gyms like this, if they're not already members are coming from commercial gyms. So they're not used to the private feel of a gym. So I kind of know, and kind of like gather that information as I'm giving them a tour to see where they kind of come from, um, yep. you know, relate to them because I used to go to commercial gyms as well. When they I left started, for so. a reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like they're coming to the gym because one, they, they're kind of looking for something that isn't as crowded that I hear that a lot, you know? Um, and the other one is because they want certain equipment you know, like kilo plates, that's a big deal in the powerlifting community. Um, so once they come in, give them the rundown, get to know them. And then um, I use uh, Vigaro and I do all my uh, client signups on there. Okay. So it's become more of an online platform than the, the tried and true paper contract sort of situation. People are Man. running everything through that. You know, I, that's one thing I made very, very, uh, I made that leap very early in the process, which was get online as soon as possible. Um, I, I have a background at Target. So I kind of saw what they did as a company, which everything was online. So all their marketing was heavily online. Like everything was either social media, commercials, um, or something that, you know, gets to a lot of people quickly, which was kind of my process as being a business owner was get to people quickly and make them feel at home fast, you know, uh, being a part of Target where, um, you know, you see all the memes and stuff about mom spending hours and hours at Target, you know, um, that's what I want people to feel when they come to my gym is I want them to go there and feel like they want to spend a lot of time. You know, I recently about three or four months ago, I got a seating area with tables and stuff because I want people to go there and enjoy being around. Yeah. I think that's a, a component that really differentiates you from the commercial atmosphere that you probably will get compared to just because of the proximity of the service, but it's not really apples to apples. It's a, it's a far different value and reason that people come to you. We've only been doing this for a year, Eduardo, but I'd like to see your thoughts on where this thing is going. So 
we'll keep it at least within the the short term a year from now where do you want to see this business what's kind of the goal in your mind so i think the the goal has always been to host as many powerlifting meets as possible i would love to host um it'd be nice to host about five different ones uh in one year uh just being that gym in wichita that is known for having powerlifting meets high quality you know like just the best production we can uh just with like the best equipment the best warm-up rooms like just from in and out it's always been a mentality of having it for the competitors uh to either get ready for meets and, and or just any anything that has to do with prepping for a competition um i think that was a big part of my life was when i was first learning how to powerlift and getting into the industry of powerlifting, having that place where I felt safe, you know, cause sometimes you enter some of these big gyms or, you know, like the, the private gyms and it can be kind of scary. Uh, you know, for me it was because I, I was coming from like planet fitness, you know? Uh, so going into a gym like that, I was like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. So I was kind of scared in a way. Um, so I think, I think for me is pretty much making a place where people feel safe um, and getting ready for comps. I also want to see it more, uh, moving in the direction of like a brand, you know, kind of like, I don't know if you're familiar with corrupted strength, uh, based out of Texas or, um, alpha land. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like a, a clothing, but it's also, uh, a gym, you know, they have a, they have a huge facility, uh, alpha land does, uh, but they also are known for their clothing. And uh, I know Christian Guzman, uh, the the owner, he has side businesses as well. So like just kind of like really building the brand rather than just being a gym, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a vehicle to grow other things as well. It's an exciting conversation. Um, but to play devil's advocate on this, Eduardo, what's going to be the hardest part for you moving forward what's going to be the potential hurdle or, or roadblock in terms of building this thing uh other than money <laughs> i feel like having uh sufficient help and learning how to accept help when i need it that's that's mm. probably one of like my biggest downfalls is that's the challenge uh, for everybody in our industry <laughs> dude i just want to do everything all the time you know i just like yeah. it, it's just it is what it is which is why i spend you know 12, 13 hours at the gym every single day. And it's because I want to know what's going on. I want to be there and I need to learn how to trust other people with my stuff as well, which is, it's difficult. It's scary. Yeah. It's funny because we, we are the people that preach coaching and learning from others, but when it comes to ourselves doing it, it doesn't quite happen all the time. Oh, so. Yeah. Eduardo, that's a, a tremendous place for us to begin to wrap our conversation up. In the short bit of time that we have left, though, what do you, where can people find out more about Risk Barbell? What's the best website? What's the best social media? Where should people go? Yeah, so website would be riskbarbell.com. Um, uh, for social media, it's also uh, on Instagram. That's pretty much where I'm, I focus a lot of my uh, media on is uh, just Risk Barbell. Same thing with Facebook. It's just risk barbell on all of it <laughs> yep straightforward and simple risk barbell connect with eduardo on those platforms this has been fun man i think it's it'll be interesting to see how this shapes up for you moving forward it's very very early so i think you're still oh, yeah. kind of putting your stamp on this but we'll have to get you back on with a little bit more timeline and context here so for now, we're shy on time, but uh, I appreciate your time and, and I wish you nothing but the best, my man. Sweet. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. 
Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Nathan from the SCM Training Club out of California. What's going on, man? How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for asking. So before we really dive into the nitty-gritty of what you guys have going on at your training club, tell us a little bit about how you describe the visits to people and what made you want to start the gym in the first place. So this is a good question because I've been working on this. But when people ask, can I get more information? I say, sure. We offer one-on-one group and online personal training. And that's like that's like the base of it. Uh, and then, shoot. Oh, I like to uh, use the word. Uh, I know it's like, uh, we specialize in strength training for beginners. And um, so that's like our niche. So we really like uh, try to promote to all ages and experience levels. Um, let me see. I mean, shoot. That's pretty much it. <laughs> I mean. So, uh, okay. I'll ask you another question. So what made you want to promote to all ages when it comes to like, like beginner strength training? Okay. So I think all our approach to all ages, I've been doing lift. I've been lifting weights for about 10 years, but I got into like fitness probably when I was like seven or eight. Okay. Uh, I was a little chunkier back then. So my mom got me into fitness and I, know, I just think it's been important. Like it's been a big part of my life, just staying active. And I, my grandpa, he was also very active when I was younger. And um, when I was like a baby, he was already like, 60 or 70 still running laps at the park so I was like you know like kind of just it's ingrained in me in a way um and then when I started lifting weights my friend invited me to the gym and that was my first time and he showed me the ways and since then I just been like learning it on my own and through experience and just it's pretty much it and um let me see hold on and So what made you want to start the gym in the first place? Like, I know you have a, like a pretty long tenure uh, in the fitness industry. Hmm. What made me start? Like the moment I wanted to start the gym, like that light bulb moment that went off is I was working out with a friend at LA Fitness and I was showing him how to squat that day. Mm-hmm. And before this, I was already like training with my friends um, and we would meet up and stuff and I would show them through the workout. But then this one time in particular, I decided to not work out with him, but just train him. Cause I think that's where like the problem was. I was always trying to work out with my friends and okay. train them at the same time. And it's mm-hmm. not the same experience versus like you just focus on them. Um, and so he was like, wow, that was really good. You should like, are you a personal trainer? And I was like, not officially, but like, <laughs> that's not a bad idea. And like, I yeah. was already in school for kinesiology and originally I was going for like physical therapy, mm-hmm. but I knew like, physical therapy isn't what I want to. It didn't make sense. I was like, no, that's not really what I want to be. I want to do like personal training, like hands-on, like really help people understand right. the basics of training. Um, so after he said that, I kind of just like got the ball rolling and that was like the, what's that word? The catalyst. Yeah. And now here we are on a podcast together. Yes. So if I were to move to, and please tell me if I'm saying it's wrong, El Monte. That's good. California mm-hmm. like next week and I'm a beginner like I don't mm-hmm. I'm a beginner straight trainer in my 30s how would I know that you guys exist well, you guys just uh well a lot of our traffic comes from Google and Yelp and referrals um so if you were in El Monte and you typed in personal trainers in my area um I think it would come up somewhere on Yelp Okay. I think it, it just changes, but I've heard that like we'll be the first pop up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one way. Uh, if you're like on Instagram and you're searching, maybe I don't know. I don't know how good our in- Instagram engagement is. It's like okay. it's the part I'm kind of working on right now. Yeah. Um, and just doubling down in the marketing, and for like our online classes and our boxing classes. So we really want to get 
the buzz going in the community so people know we're here. Yeah. So, I mean, with what you guys have done so far in terms of like lead generation and getting people in the door, what method do you think has been working the best for you guys? Uh, providing consistent service, quality service, and just working off those referrals. And yeah. um, that's pretty much it. Like they'll contact us on Yelp, like to do, to boost our page, but I feel like it's not really necessary right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Yep, my bad. What was the question? <laughs> Basically, like, what method of lead generation is working best for you guys? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so referrals. Referrals. I'd say referrals. Okay. Referrals and uh, Instagram. I've, didn't, I've been doing, like, the organic growth on Instagram and just, like, mm-hmm. posting semi-regularly. And um, it's pretty much it, honestly. And we're just trying to get more into, like, the grass. Uh, what is it? Like, bootstrap it and go, like, door to door. And like really engage in the community and like offer services outside the gym that still can prepare people for when they are ready to join mm-hmm. or something like that. And just like give those like basic body weight resources to like open that box of <laughs> yeah. So kind of sounds like you're saying like you want to get people into your ecosystem, even if they're not necessarily like ready to sign up at that point when they are you guys would be the first, you know, gym that they were to look into. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So let's say that happens and I decide to become like a client of yours. What is, what would my client journey look like? And like, are you yourself as a business owner kind of handling that process? Like, are you doing the sales process? Are you giving the tours and closing and things like that? Yes, ma'am. I'm doing okay. all that. So okay. Um, as soon as we get in contact, um, uh, depending where we con- uh, where we meet, um, like let's say Instagram, I'll check in. If, like let's say you follow me on Instagram, I'll check in with you and uh, see how you do. See if if you're interested in personal training. Um, and then once I give you some more information, I'll invite you to come on down. And then we'll do our consultation process, see where you're at, get an idea of your goals. Um, And then after we do that, we'll jump into a fitness assessment. And then once we're done with the fitness assessment, we'll put a plan together, a personal training plan, see where you're at. And then uh, that's pretty much it. Once we get our plan together, we'll decide how many days of training you want to do with me and how many days you plan on doing on your own, if any. And then we have packages and bundles and stuff. So we, you can pretty much build your own package. Like if you want to do two days of personal training a week, we have a package for that. And then you could add on like nutrition coaching and all that. Oh, okay. So <clears throat> the members that you do have, are they taking advantage of all of the services that you guys have to offer? Like the, excuse me, the personal training and then, cause nutrition, that's important. So are they taking advantages of the nutrition coaching as well? Yes. Mm-hmm. We have like a training and nutrition coaching packages. Yeah. Okay. So like with the the process that you kind of just explained to me, does that, is that yielding good results for you guys? So that's leading to like the actual sale and somebody buying into, buying into your system. Yes. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. So let's talk a little bit about the future. Actually, let's backtrack. Mm -hmm. Talk to our, tell us about some things that you have been struggling with as like a business owner, some things that you didn't necessarily expect and how are you going about handling these types of situations? Hmm. So I think probably for, I think probably the biggest struggle that we had, but I think it allowed us to like explore the nooks and crannies of like what, of like, people and like learning different kind of like I, I like to call it like the market research phase I guess because that's what this whole phase is just like learning about people and like seeing what people like and like the response from our members mm-hmm. so I think putting all that together to be ready to consistently market and roll out and feel prepared like have our systems and everything in place because there was a part where we were getting a lot of customers but I wasn't prepared with like the back end stuff like the administrative stuff and mm-hmm. like the onboarding stuff um, all that was kind of out of whack so when they would start coming in 
I would feel like, oh shit, oh sorry, my bad. It's okay. um, <laughs> I would like, I would, I would, I just was, I was unprepared really, and they would come in, and that kind of felt overwhelming because we were getting a lot of business, but it wasn't like streamlined. But now that it's streamlined, I feel like everything's a lot more under control, and uh, yeah, did I answer the question? Sort of. You said, oh, oh, you said, what were some of the struggles? So then the struggles were, uh, I guess, in a nutshell, just finding not the confidence, but that okay to feel like, okay, we're ready to like really blow this thing up. Gotcha. So, like, the confidence to scale pretty much. Confidence to scale, yeah. Based, uh, yeah, because it's like, it's like putting yourself out there, right? Like, this is my baby. Like, this is my, like, everything like that it's come to and like that it's going to become is like it's like my brainchild mm-hmm. and so really like figuring out like where I am in the market and like understanding our role in the market and who were who are niches um just getting like a clear picture on that has really helped and um, other than that I mean I don't know like the whole business part side of it like I have experience in restaurant in the restaurant industry for like eight years so like I've had the customer service experience and I feel like that's really helped a lot um and just like from the management standpoint of like maintaining the building and just the administrative stuff the administrative stuff was like a challenge too because I had no idea I have like no administrative experience but over time like I understand it and it's pretty cool yeah so talk to us a little bit about the system that you put in place to help streamline everything what did that look like for you guys uh honestly it was a lot of like personal stuff like self like management um I feel like a lot of until recent like the last few years um prioritizing and time management and making time for the things that are really going to move the business forward it's just like huh oh yeah my bad I was saying right like yeah oh yeah my bad I thought the microphone cut up and um, uh, systems. So you were so you were saying, um, I guess you put like in some systems in your in your personal life to help you better mm-hmm. with like structure and time management. Mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of meditation, honestly, like for the past few years, and so I take that time to kind of like visualize what exactly needs to happen in my morning it's kind of it's like it's like a, it's like an everyday routine so it's like it, right. it really helps me ground and kind of like see things in like a movie screen perspective and kind of like lay all my thoughts out into individual puzzle pieces and it's like an everyday etching just like bodybuilding or whatever any kind of work any like effort you're doing is like little steps every day it's just like deconstructing my routine okay this is what works here okay, this is what works here. A lot of reading and, like, research. Um, yeah. I think uh, just picking up information from everywhere and just, like, putting it together and just, like... So I guess to answer your question, the process was really nailing down my priorities, really. It's, like... Because at the end of the day, like, a business is a good product and letting people know about it. Right. And it's, like, a lot of that big half of building that confidence to feel ready to promote was okay, is my product ready? Like, is my staff ready? Is, like, the gym ready? Like, is it presentable? And then once all that fell into place, I was like, okay, I have clients. What's our goal here? We're trying to help people with fitness. We focus on that first before I try to find more clients to bring on. Because I would, like, like, I'd have, like, here's one, like, there was a point where I was so focused on getting more clients, but I was neglecting my current clients. And that was, like, a big light bulb. I was, like, how are you going to try to get more clients and you can't, you know what I mean? So it's like, how are you going to try to get more clients? And that's yeah. where I was overwhelming myself. Like people were coming in, in my head, my stomach, something didn't feel right. I was like, you have clients now that like probably need more attention. And then as I made that mindset shift, that was just like, it was, everything changed. It's just like, everyone felt taken care of. I was like, yeah. I felt more prepared and like to, okay, they're taken care of. Let's go build, like, let's grow, like, let's find more people and just keep like repeating that. Yeah. So speaking of growth, um, let's talk about that and what you, what your vision is for the SEM training club, maybe like six months from now. So 
if you could wave a magic wand and have everything look like you wanted it to look like inside and out for your business, what would that look like? That would look like a opening manager coming in at 7 a.m. to let everyone in for yoga classes, if not 6 a.m. And when I get to the office, I could start my one-on-one -on -one sessions around 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. to like 12 p.m. And then in the afternoon, fill that with group classes. And then usually I pick up more appointments at the end of the day. I have like a double split shift during the day. So I have yeah. like a break in the afternoon. And then as we grow and like maximize our location, we do want to relocate or at least open another location and um, just double down on the the whole one-on-one -on -one, kind of like you know like how when you go to the commercial gyms and mm -hmm. you, you sign in and you go do your thing well our, our goal or my goal is to have that size of a building but like with on-staff coaches at your disposal like oh you want to work out you're a beginner come on in you can literally ask any of our trainers and they'll help you out and that's just like part of the membership and then expand those into like every community like a school but like yeah of fitness interesting okay yeah so you want to open a manager coming in to let everybody in at seven in the morning for yoga you yourself you want to have your clients like your one-on-one -on -one clients mm -hmm. during a specific, a specific time of day um and you also want to like expand and open like one or multiple more locations i mean at some point multiple i think it'd be cool um i have like um i'm like constantly not constantly it's just like <clears throat> like always I like I said like I love meeting new people yeah. and like I try to find things where like there'll be potential coaches there's like certain things I look for mm -hmm. um and like luckily well, not luck oh I don't know well luck is what a combination of opportunity and preparedness I feel like literally last week I was washed uh, like a few weeks ago I was washing dishes and someone came to our door and it was this girl who was looking for work she's a personal trainer she has the wonderful person she's absolutely lovely she's like she's in it and she was looking for work and i was like oh my god like, this is a godsend like i was literally <laughs> washing dishes thinking all right let's look for coaches and like kind of start working towards expansion yeah and um yeah so i think like right now we have i don't teach the boxing classes we have other boxing coaches okay and my goal is to like get all the coaches on the same level of basic fitness knowledge so that when one of our boxing students asks the boxing coach hey coach what should i eat we're all on the same page oh sorry about that we're all on the same page okay um so uh shoot i think i went off on a tangent was is that the answer yes you did answer my question okay, cool, um, cool. <laughs> and this is something i forgot to ask you about earlier but do you have how many coaches do you have now so right now we have it's me as the main strength training coach and then we have uh, two boxing coaches that are regular. And then we have like a couple backup boxing coaches. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have this girl who came in um, and she's awesome. So we're like working on basically getting her ready to start coaching classes and like uh, yeah. laying out the, the class structure. Mm -hmm. And uh, but then I have like, that's it. Those are like my like first shares right now. But then I have like a few people that have shown interest that like, cause they're, they're some of my students and they're like, they actually asked me like, Hey, after like a few years of getting experience, like if you think I'm ready, you need a coach here. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's like really cool to just see everyone like showing interest and wanting to help and just like keep that going and just like keep multiplying like a little ripple effect. Yeah. Yeah. So before we wrap up, um, tell our listeners one piece of advice that you wish you would have had from the very beginning. Hmm. One piece of advice. Hmm. Yeah, and it could be Go ahead. No, go ahead. My bad. Um, I was going to say, don't be afraid to ask for what you want. 
and I don't know, so much. <laughs> but, so uh, don't be afraid to ask for, don't be afraid to ask for what you want, like, what do you mean, like from other people or just like speaking and, you know, really working on manifesting things, is that what you mean? Both from life itself and from the people around you. I think when I first, after, when I first decided to go into personal training, there was actually like a catalyst before that, that set that thought into motion and I don't know um one piece of, I might have another piece of maybe I don't know anything because that's like one piece that's I think is pretty important but I feel like maybe that's not the one <laughs> no I think uh whatever came out first was the right piece of advice all right we'll go with that then <laughs> yeah. so it's um, a pretty good place did you have something else to add yeah let me think like for a second um Yeah, I think that's pretty much, I mean, I think that's the one because I think one thing that maybe held me, not held me back, but one thing that maybe in retrospect could have helped grow things a little more efficiently, mm -hmm. I guess was that confidence to like just ask and like the more clients you have coming in, whether they stick around or not, like they're all learning experiences. And I think if I would have put myself out there more in the beginning, I would have just gotten that experience a lot quicker. But I think the way it happened is like, whatever, it's just the way it was supposed to happen or whatever. And yeah, I've learned something along the way. And I'm just thankful for all that. Yeah. All right, Nathan. Well, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, tell our listeners where we can find you. So we're located on 2655 Merced Avenue, El Monte, California, 91733, between Garvey and Fern. And we have street parking, but everything's by appointment only. So if you want to come by, check out our booking page. My cell phone number is there. Text me, and we'll set something up. Yeah. What about on social media? Social media is at scmtrainingclub.com. And my personal page is at Nathan Allen Flores. And that's where I post like videos and workout tips. And our website is www.scmtrainingclub.com. Um, that's going to redirect you to our booking page anyway. So whichever one you find first. All righty. Well, thank you so much for your time and contribution to the podcast. And, you know, we really look forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. So to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. Until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show today is Costa from Bull and Bear Gym in Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Hello, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Again. 
excited to have you back. Thank you for the, like taking the opportunity to come talk shop, create some educational content for fitness business people. Very much appreciate you. Before we kind of dive into your business, what you have going on before we do that, give us a little bit of background. What was it that led to you, you know, becoming a gym owner? Uh, so for me, it was really more just a progression of just being in the gym business. I started as a personal trainer with the gym, kind of worked my way up through management. Um, the opportunity came up to, um, you know, own my gym to a franchise. Um, did that and just kind of built upon that. So then I decided to go independently on my own. Yeah. Um, so now that you're independently on your own, you are running a few different gyms, but today let's, you know, for the purpose of this podcast, let's mainly talk about bull and bear. Um, you know, that seems to be your bread and butter. So tell us who you are, what services that you guys provide, paint a picture of your business for our listener here. Sure. So, uh, bull bear gym tends to be, uh, usually considered more of like a meathead gym. We tend to focus on all the strength sports here. So we have, uh, you know, a lot of power lifters, a lot of bodybuilding, a lot of strong men, um, recently, in this year, we've dove into the jiu-jitsu game as well. Um, that seems to be progressing quite well. Um, with the new space opening up for that, uh, hopefully, for the December. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like, with Bull and Bear Gym, you kind of have, like, is it mainly, like, the open gym style stuff? Or would you say that you're, it's more PT classes? Like, what would you say is the primary service that you guys provide? Yeah, so the primary service, I would say, would be the gym itself. Um, and it tends to follow more of an open gym now. Like I was telling you earlier, we tend to do, uh, be a little more selective with membership. Um, I really just kind of dial in on, um, you know, strongman powerlifting. Bodybuilding, those are kind of our main, uh, kind of our staple here. Um, so we don't have any classes other than doing the jiu-jitsu stuff. And uh, as far as trainers go, I have my trainers actually lease space for me to train your own clients. So I don't have to deal with all like the nuances of having a PT service here. You know how that goes. So um, yeah. just found it much easier just to get the revenue of them paying rent on the first of the month, and they can kind of train their own clients. They don't have to deal with it. Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, and so, you know, being that the gym is kind of like just the gym itself, the open gym, that's your primary service. Kind of talk to us about what your average client looks like, because um, I think from our conversation off air, there's probably a specific clientele that you work with at this facility. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, I try to find people that are motivated and dialed in um, on whatever their specific goal is, as long as it's you know, obviously related to any of the strength sports. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, you can tell when somebody's like motivated or ready to go. And then you have other people that just kind of want to show up and kind of waste people's time and just kind of take up valuable real estate in the gym. So I really try to stay with those people and try to focus around people that actually have uh, something very specific they're working on and need a place to actually train and not, you know, pull around the whole time. Yeah. So people that are motivated. Now, let me ask you this. If I came in and I was highly motivated, but my goal was to lose, you know, a pretty decent amount of weight. Is that somebody that you guys would be excited and able to work with? Or are you looking for people who have more like sport strength-based goals? Yeah. So I want to be really clear on that. Like it's certainly not, it's not an attempt, attempt to be like, uh, you know, excluding people from fitness necessarily. And we have tons of people here that actually just have general fitness goals, whether, um, you know, they want to lose a couple of pounds or gain some weight. So it's never it's never meant to exclude people um, based on their goals. It's kind of, you know, I'm, I have certain expectations of my members and I expect you to kind of work the entire time you're here. So as long as you're motivated, um, I'm good to go, you know. So again, we have people all ages here, all athletic backgrounds. It's just that I'm looking for that drive with your here. It kind of motivates me to kind of be here all day. Yeah. Um, you know, you get a lot less complaints, a lot less nonsense for people. Um, and we just really just dive into the actual meat potatoes and why you're here in the first place, which is the work out. So Yeah. Walk me through what that process looks like. Like when you have somebody inquire for information and like they're like, hey, I want to join. How do you decide if they're going to be a right fit or not? Because like I think that we all have some sort of either consultation process, phone call process, whatever it is. And like, 
How do you decide if somebody's a good fit or not? What does that process look like? Yeah, so actually the vetting price, uh, for me, I, I feel like the vetting starts right away with, you know, obviously the price point. Um, you know, I'm sandwiched in between like three different gyms with much lower price points. I set mine, you know, right at 55, and that initially kind of gets rid of, you know, most of the riffraff, for lack of a better term, that we've got to come to the gym. That's why I got it. You know, first off, that price point. Uh, so I don't, I typically wouldn't charge a new person when they first walk in at get speed. Uh, you know, somebody calls, I encourage them to come ready to work out that day. Um, and then from the moment you walk in, this sounds terrible, but, you know, we kind of judge how you conduct yourself in the gym. You know, we'll have, you know, either not follow you around in like weird creepy way, but you can just, I don't know, I guess a certain amount of experience of doing this 15 years, you kind of tell who comes and ready to work, who's uh, showing us the fuck around. Yeah. So how do you have that conversation with somebody if you feel like they aren't a great fit? Oh, I am so painfully honest and blunt. Yeah. Uh, I just I just let them know. I mean, I'm not, don't want to come off as rude, but just kind of tell them like, hey, I don't think this is probably the best option for you. And, uh, you know, believe it or not, most people kind of understand that. I get to have one yeah. person, you know, say, you know, nonsense. Usually people are like, hey, I'm right. you're probably right. And we just yeah. kind of that. I figure honesty is always the best policy for the related things, the personal things, uh, just come out and say it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate your honesty. And I think that like at the end of the day, people that you do turn away probably do appreciate it as well. Cause like if they got there and they didn't, they weren't a good fit, they probably wouldn't feel like they would, they were fitting in and then they would be paying for something that they weren't using. So yeah. um, side, like I probably get, I like honestly, I've been open for three years and I probably average about two cancellations a year, which is, you know, and this business is virtually unheard of. Um, and even like through COVID and everything else, like I was one of the few gyms that stayed open. Um, so yeah, I mean, Honestly, I guess just being straightforward about everything that, that you do at your place is going to you a lot. So that's it. Yeah. So kind of talk to us a little bit about the membership piece. What does your membership look like? Is it a monthly membership, yearly? Kind of what options do you have and how did you come to those decisions? Yeah. So right now, just for the gym, I have just a standard membership rate. It's $55 a month. I keep everything on a month-to-month basis. I'm not a huge fan of blocking people to you know, contracts or whatever. Uh, I always feel like if you don't want to be here, I don't want to pay you to be here. So, um, yeah, my joining process is very, very easy. I don't even do like 30 day cancels or anything like that. I just kind of do everything right then and there up front. Um, but yeah, it's very, very straightforward. Okay. Um, and so with that, you know, we talked about this a little bit off air. We haven't really dove into it here on air, but you have a certain like, uh, amount of memberships that you allow in your facility. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that number? And are you guys at that spot yet where you have are capped in terms of memberships? Yeah. So as of right now, we're actually capped for the rest of the year. Um, I never sold gym memberships here in January, so I don't get into that weird January rush. Um, I try to keep everything, you know, more about the member instead of just trying to fill my pockets at every opportunity. And I think my members kind of realize that and appreciate that to some extent. Um, so, you know, obviously, you got to come up with more clever ways to, to kind of increase revenue, whether it's, you know, like I was telling you earlier, we added Jiu-Jitsu here, which, you know, that seems to help out tremendously. Uh, we do a lot of retail sales here as well. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the thing. It's going to be creative once you hit, you know, your cap on membership. So. Yeah. Yeah. So since you cap memberships, you're, you know, you're kind of limited in terms of growth. Like you can't add more members, but you can grow within. So some of the things that you've done is, you know, the jujitsu, that's a hard word for me to say. (laughs) (laughs) You've added the jujitsu, you have, you know, you, you mentioned some retail sale there, but something that comes top of mind for me is like personal training. And I know that you mentioned that you don't have like a particular personal training department. You have people that are kind of doing their mm-hmm. own thing, but do they pay you rent or anything like that? Like how does the gym benefit? Oh yeah, they, they pay me. They, each trainer pays me about $500 a month. Yeah. And I have about eight of them that come and just kind of come and go as they please with their own clientele. Uh, you know, we have pretty strict guidelines uh, for them in the sense that you're not running around grassy people for, you know, training sessions or whatever. 
So a lot of people just kind of bring their own client. When they bring their own client, I don't require their client to have a gym membership as long as they're here working with their trainer. They have to pay nothing else other than a cable trainer. Okay. So basically you could have a trainer that has like, like 40 plus clients and they're still paying the same $500 a month that somebody who has only like 15 clients is yeah. paying. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't care if you make you know, a billion dollars a month or you make zero a month, uh, your payment stays the same. And those are the numbers I kind of divide based off my expenses and kind of how I incorporate it, um, yeah. you know, our overhead here. Do you think that there's area of opportunity for the gym or for the business? Let's just talk about it from a business standpoint to grow in the personal training department for you to bring in more revenue in that area of your business. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, that, that component will always stay open. Um, so yeah, I mean, as long as people continue, I'll probably, you know, this time of year, I tend to get a lot more trainers that come in that they're a lot more interested in the training clients. Um, which works out great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it just kind of tends to police itself and kind of manage itself, right? I just always find there's so much complications with having an actual designated PT department there. And most honestly, it's getting one quality trainer to two getting honest trainers, because, you know, there's a lot of ways to circumvent, you know, which clients do you have that day or whatever. I've just seen so much over the years where it just makes more sense as a payout, right? For whatever you're going to do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, having personal trainers like and, and you having to manage that, that definitely is a lot more work on your side. So with what you're doing right now, it seems like, you know, it's not something that causes you a bunch of stress or a bunch of worries. It really and, doesn't. Yeah. yeah, not to say I can focus my efforts elsewhere instead of trying to build it. Mm -hmm. Again, I certainly understand the value of having, uh, you know, full opportunity to talk there. However, even on payroll wise, it just saves and having the independent contractors. Who just yeah. Okay. So with the jujitsu side of things, talk to us about how that works. Uh, do you have a, a specific studio that you rent out to somebody who runs a jujitsu program? Is it something that you know you're doing within the gym? How exactly does that work, and how does the gym bring in revenue from that? So yeah, so first off with jujitsu, I kind of just fell into the program. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we stayed open during the pandemic for most of it. Um, so initially I had hot yoga in the space that I was using. Uh, that turned out to be a bit of a different clientele and never really kind of picked up after, um, you know, people started getting back to the gym. Uh, so I had a friend that, uh, you know, knew a guy that needed a place to go. Uh, he came in, uh, you know, laid out some mats, I really enjoyed it. So I was like, fuck it, we're doing jujitsu from now on. So we ran into a, we had a smaller space, about 400, 450 square feet that we were doing jujitsu out of. Um, it got to the point where there was a lot of interest in it. I kind of outgrew the space within the first year. Uh, so right now we just cut up, we essentially carved out a space in our current gym for about 1200 square feet, um, which again, with that, I could, you know, almost triple the size we have now. Um, <clears throat> And yeah, we just kind of expanded on that program and starting January 1, we're going to start offering a kids program, which tends to be uh, you know, pretty valuable on that side of the kind of maybe having more kids all day. Okay, cool. And then lastly, you also mentioned something there that I think like a lot of gym owners really don't do enough of and that is like you know just like the ancillary sales I don't know if you mentioned apparel or do you guys have supplements kind of what other things do you offer. Yeah, so our apparel actually sells out quite a, quite a bit. I mean, for a gym with you know only five hundred members, we do close to ten thousand dollars a month just on retail sales of like t-shirts and sweatshirts, that kind of thing. Um, luckily, I have a lot of talented artists here that actually make these really high quality products, so that works out very well. Um, and then aside from that, you know, we have a couple other services. We have a sensory deprivation tank here, um, so we charge people use that. It's usually money that at the top. Um, so on top of that, we also have chiropractic care and massage therapists here, which also um, they just have work as well. So that kind of helps on that side. Um, and then, you know, obviously you have to do to uh, regular energy drinks, uh, pre-workout, protein, amino, et cetera. And uh, that moves pretty well too. Yeah, with your, with like the, the supplements that you do carry, 
Mm -hmm. Um, do you work with a particular like supplement company? Mm -hmm. Do you guys like keep a stock? Is it drop ship? Like what, uh, what options do you have? Yeah. Um, so we had all those things in place. Long story short, I just kind of got tired of dealing with all the reps. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to get the cooler from Coca-Cola, which they own Raid. So I have to keep a certain amount of like Raid energy drinks in there, which I typically just buy off Amazon, to be honest. I wish I had a more, <laughs> more <laughs> but the thing is, uh, I guess over the last like year, we've had a lot of, uh, you know, issues with stuff arriving on time, that kind of thing. So it just seemed like Amazon was the way to go. And it'd be kind of a one-stop shop or anything. So shout out to Amazon. Thank you. But yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you guys like, like bring in a decent amount from all of that, that you order on Amazon? Yeah. 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 And I mean, the pricing is pretty good on Amazon. I'm not going to lie. It's uh, very comparable to most wholesales, uh, wholesalers for supplements. So, um, you know, I'm going to get the prime membership, the business prime membership. Like that. Okay. It works. It works. Okay. So my next question here, and I like to ask this question because I think that, um, you know, as gym owners, we all face our fair share of bottlenecks challenges. And that's where other gym owners listening to the show can usually relate most so what would you consider to be your biggest business related bottleneck your biggest business related challenge and what are you going to do to overcome it oh that's a good one the biggest i mean well obviously i always feel like targeted marketing for me is always going to be a little tricky just considering that i look for a very specific person um i don't drop a lot of money in advertising because i don't want all the people showing up and me telling you how to fuck off so I think that's going to be my, that's always been my biggest challenge. Um, so again, in overcoming that is again, finding other uh, streams of revenue. So adding just some good features will help a lot with that, which gets a little more inclusive. Um, but yeah, that's probably my biggest challenge. Yeah. I mean, what, like, do you feel like there's anything that you can do to overcome that? Because it sounds like you pretty much like in terms of having, you know, that specific clientele that you're looking for, there's really not much that I can think of that you can do to overcome. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say to a lot of people is keep your expenses low so you don't need to overcome that challenge. And I think that's where I got like really lucky. Um, I found a great space and a good location that had been sitting vacant for a couple of years. So, you know, I was able to, Pretty much dive into here at half the rate what everybody else in the shopping center is paying. Um, so yeah, I would say that is very expensive. Okay. So to flip this, you know, obviously that's a challenge, but if you could have a magic wand and all your dreams, all your goals for the business came true, you reached them all, what would that picture look like for you? Wow, that's a, that's a good one. I it's a loaded yeah. one. It's a loaded one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I probably wouldn't change too much about my day to day, you know, having the advantage of setting up a gym where I take my own members. Like I don't have, to be honest, I don't have a lot of the bullshit most other most other gyms have where I don't have, you know, that weird person complaining about every little thing, or the music's too loud, or whatever those little tiny issues. So it makes my day to day very enjoyable to be here. Like I will literally spend 12 hours a day here, seven days a week, and I don't care. So I guess that, that is the question. Is that, so like, it sounds like you're pretty content where you're at. I, I am. I'm not more than content. I'm, I'm, I'm happy, honestly. Yeah. Would you say that you're, would you say that you're living the dream right now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, from a gym owner perspective, yeah. I mean, I got, you know, awesome members that, you know, have a similar mindset as me and that just kind of helps tremendously. Like I just don't feel, and with all my other gyms, to be honest, like I feel burnt out at the end of the day, whereas I come here and it's more refreshing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, I guess it would look like this. With a room, I guess that's probably I guess would be my biggest thing to focus on in 23 would be dialing in like the Jitsu program. Yeah. The Jiu-Jitsu program is definitely a great area of opportunity for the gym. I mean, that can increase revenue. You can still grow without changing like or compromising anything within your current business model right yeah. still well, the price that. point three times higher too so yeah. you know, that helps tremendously where i don't even have to pack it full of people you know i could just do my goals that way yeah definitely 
what are some of the things that you're going to have to focus on in 2023 to grow that Jujitsu program? So I have to learn a lot about kids' programs. So my gym, you know, you have to leave an 18 just to be here. Um, so I don't have, I have two small kids of my own. So I'm learning, you know, the parenting thing. Um, at the same time, I'm learning how to incorporate children into my business. So I think, in, you know, this year or in 23 for sure, I got to really dial in a lot of the kids' programs. Uh, I've been definitely afraid of losing people's kids, shit like that. So there's a lot of stuff I have to learn over the next few months. But uh, yeah, that would say that was going to be the biggest challenge for the office. Yeah, really. And I swear a lot too, so I don't even know how to like, you know, swear less. So there's a lot of things I need to probably work on personally and professionally over the next month or so. Yeah, are you going to be like personally coaching the kids' classes or are you getting? No, no, no I, I, have, I have about eight instructors here. Um, to do most of the most of the coaching, so yeah, I, I won't see where to take the kids. Sweet, you can still focus on the the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely not focused on it. Yeah. Well, I I have one final question here, and what would be you know a word of advice that you would pass on to somebody who was new to being a gym owner? Uh, my honest advice is just stay at it. You know, it's kind of one of those things. I feel like owning a gym or any other business is always going to be a marathon. Like, don't, I don't, wouldn't, you know, expect to be a millionaire your first year, but it's again, it's one of those things you just have to consistently work on like everything else. Um, and what you put in is what you're going to get out. So stay at it, stay consistent and try to have fun doing it. I love it. Well, that sounds like cheesy, doesn't it? But it's so true. It's just like, <laughs> just go do it. Joy, really made it with it. Yeah. Get to it. The cheesy stuff is usually the most true. <laughs> it comes uh, from. Yeah. Um, Try to say we're cheesy, but it really is. They focus, they consistent, just pound away. Yeah. So finally, here, where can we go to find you guys online, social media? Where can we go if we want to follow along? Yeah, so websites, uh, bullbeargym.com, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, at bullbeargym. Perfect. Excited to check it out. Thank you so much for sharing your insight today, for being here with us, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, guys, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. We will get in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.